right, praise the Lord. It's great to be back once again on an hour with Christ podcast. I want to talk a little bit more about the podcast. Um, we started this about two years ago. However, with the pandemic, we had to put a stop. We only had one episode that we um, recorded with a brother, a Spanish speaking episode, and that's still uploaded on our Spotify. Um, now we're back. It's 2022, new year, and we are excited to bring, bring nothing but the truth, bring discussions that not so many Christians, not a lot of uh, people in the body of Christ want to talk about or, or, you know, just, uh, be confronted about. And I just want to make an introduction. This is your host, Francesca Martinez, sister in Christ. My husband, Jose Martinez, it's pretty much our tech support. He's in the background setting everything up, making sure everything sounds great for you guys. Um, and who we are, that's a question that uh, not a lot of people talk about. Well, we're a couple who serves Christ. We got saved. I got saved back in 2017. I've been serving the Lord ever since through many ups and downs, many obstacles, but I'm still standing and um, the Lord put in my heart to make a podcast to talk about topics that not a lot of people want to talk about, to bring awareness to the body of Christ, also to use this as a form to reach the unbelievers as well. Um, and I, I see the hand of God in, in, in this podcast and in, in many other aspects of my life as well. I also serve in a street ministry, Be Ready Street Ministry, under uh, Michael Wright and also Mike V. And he is our guest today. Praise the Lord. We're going to welcome him in, in a minute or so. Um, we're just very grateful to be here. Very grateful to have another episode, another podcast. Be great, very grateful to be back on air. And we give God all the glory and honor in this hour. And I want to introduce our guest now. Hallelujah. We have Mike V. Praise the Lord. Hey, Mike y'all. V. How you doing? Mike V. Mike is v. It, uh, <laughs> a brother in Christ. I also like to call him another demon slayer, <laughs> and um, he's part of the Be Ready Ministry. They cover the Boston area. I cover the Western Mass, uh, the towns in Western Massachusetts, and yep. um, it's been great. I uh, I'll give you a little background. I met Mike V about a year ago. We were uh, in an outreach event in New York City through another ministry, and um, brother Michael Wright actually approached me, and we started talking. He gave me. Um, a card about the ministry, all the information. And ever since then, it's, you know, what we call history. We started connecting. We started going out preaching together. Um, early in 2021, I believe, in fall, we did a East Coast tour. And I, me and my husband went with Michael Wright. And we met up with a bunch of other ministries in Washington, um, well, uh, Chicago, uh, D.C., New York, New Jersey. I mean, we pretty much went all over for a few days. And I believe that that was um, the time that God prepared for me to get a good training on what street preaching is or street witnessing and evangelizing in the street. And I give God all the glory and honor. And I, I always pray for these brothers in this ministry because they are on fire for the Lord. They stand for the truth. And they speak nothing but the truth. They don't sugarcoat anything. And that's what... Uh, what a, a person who serves Christ should be doing at all times. Amen. Amen. All right, Mike V, I would like you to give us a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, give us a little bit about your testimony, you know, where they got took you out of, um, 
you know, how were, were you raised and, and then finish off with uh, the encounter you have in Christ? How do you got to know Christ? Um, so pretty much I'm uh, originally from Russia. Um, I immigrated here at the age of seven to the United States. Um, English was a completely new language to me at the time and uh, obviously completely new culture. It was like a lot of culture shock for me when I got here. Um, I grew up in a household. It was it wasn't like a horrible household, but it definitely was not a household that was Christ centered. So I did not grow up in, um, you know, your traditional Christian rooted type of background. I actually came up with almost the opposite. There was like a lot of generational witchcraft and stuff in my family and, you know, people in my family that practiced it personally that I, I witnessed um, just to give you a story like one day. I was outside, it was the middle of July, and my family, we were living at in this high-rise building, and you know, heat rises, so it's usually the hottest on those floors in the summer, and I remember as clear as day, it was like 7 p.m., still super hot out, I literally walked into my house, and I saw like my own breath coming out of my mouth, it was that cold inside of my house, wow. now, you know, I walked into a living room, and, and, and saw pretty much, uh, a family member sitting there with like a circle drawn on the ground, candles burning, meditating. And I've been, a, it was weird. Cause even when I was a kid, God kind of gave me the ability to see spirits. So I already saw them when I was a kid. I just didn't understand what I was seeing because I, I wasn't rooted in Christ. I wasn't raised in Christ. So I didn't understand that what I was seeing was not what normal people see. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so I understand. I kind of have like a second sight, so to speak already. And, um, pretty much I, when I walked into my house, I saw my mom, like in a trance, like meditating and humming and she had like tarot cards out, candles burning. And then I looked in the corner of the room and it looked like a bunch of shadows, like sitting there going like this, like in a ball, like just imagine in a ball, but kind of swirling yep. around. Like and a forming, like forming, uh, like a formation of something, some sort. Yeah. It was like, it was almost like, uh. You know, like Dragon Ball Z, a bunch of little Dragon Balls in the corner gotcha. sitting there spinning around. And I'm wow. I'm like, I'm not a believer at this point. So I'm just like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, what is going on? This, this is so unusual to, to see. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you're bugging out. Like, what are you doing? So I went to go wake up my dad. My dad obviously gets up. And I'm trying to tell him about what his wife's doing. But my dad's not a believer neither. So he gets up, kind of like shrugs it off like it's nothing. I'm like, you think this is normal? I'm like, all right, whatever. So that was kind of like my childhood, like seeing stuff like that. It wasn't a regular occurrence, but it definitely happened once in a while. Um, so with growing up like that, you know, I, I ran into rebellion really quickly because of seeing stuff like that. It really pushes you out of the house at a very early age. I guess uh, the street guys now, they call it jumping off the porch. I didn't grow up on a porch, so I didn't have a porch to jump off of, but that was what pretty much springboarded me into the streets and stuff. And, in my earliest, earlier, like later teens, like 18, 19, 20, I got into selling drugs and stuff, started started moving a lot of weed and, you know, getting connected with all the right people. Mm -hmm. And I, I say that very sarcastically, um, you know, got involved with females, fornication. Uh, at the age of 19, I got with a witch. Uh, I actually did a witch for four and a half years. So I witnessed um, you know, tarot cards, palm reading, fortune telling. I saw all of it. Wow. Never really wanted to dabble in it, but being with a person like that, it kind of throws you into it anyway. Like you ain't got no choice but to be involved in that. Yep. 
you so want to be curious much, as um, to what they're practicing and you know um what they believe in so yeah so it kind of just like you know you kind of get dragged into it and you go to places like salem and you think it's funny and you go into places where people tie a string around your hand and tie a string around the other, not knowing the whole time before you become a Christian that pretty much that person just formed a soul tie with you and that other person. Wow. You know, you're not understanding the implications of going into places like that and getting like little stuff like that put on yourself. I think it's something um, like fashionable or something cool, but in reality it's something more deeper and more spiritual. Yeah. That. You know, I thought it was something just corny and taboo at the moment. And because I didn't believe in Christ, I didn't believe in the devil really. I just kind of knew that there was something there. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know exactly what I believed in. I had a very wishy-washy belief system. So because of that, I kind of had like an anything goes type of attitude towards stuff, not realizing that some things you are not supposed to touch and some things you are really supposed to stay away from because it literally opens up a can of worms in your life. And um, I think it was my encounter with Christ came at around like my mid-20s. I just kind of hit a point where I remember distinctively kind of being tired of what I was doing. And I remember I was actually smoking marijuana and I actually challenged God. And that's why I say, be careful what you ask for. Yep. Because I literally said, um, I challenged God. I'm like, you know what? I know this world isn't what these people are telling us in the school systems. I believe we're all being manipulated. So I'm asking you to take the veil off my eyes. Take the, literally take the blinders off me. I want to see what this world is and who runs this world. Not knowing that in the scripture, the Bible tells you who runs this world, right? Amen. That's right. So, as you can imagine, God gave me exactly what I asked for and wow, pretty much for almost the entire summer of 2010, I saw demons like all over the place, like everywhere. Like um, things I was saying were, were manifesting very quickly. Um, I remember I was walking down the street and me being stupid, not realizing the power of words. I literally said, man, I, I wish a chick in a, in a cherry red Mercedes would just pull up and tell me, get in, Mike. I'm tired of walking. And literally a female, cherry red Mercedes, five minutes later, pulls up. Wow. Looks that... at me. I don't I don't know who this girl is. Literally looks Complete at me. Complete stranger says, literally pulls up right next to you. Says, it says, get in the car, Mike. Literally knew my name. Get in the car, Mike. Wow. And at that moment in time, I kind of had it started to get an idea of what I was seeing because I got a very, up to this point, I've robbed drug dealers. So I'm very in tune to where I was still, I was blind spiritually, but I was also very in tune to when I knew I was in trouble or I was in a dangerous place. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. kind of had like a, what, what you call, I thought it was a spider sense, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I so pretty much sort looked of like how like at the sermon, like who would you describe was like at the sermon of, you know, what yeah. was around you? Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of would just know, like, all right, I'm not supposed to be around this, or I am. You know, I, I could feel it. Yeah. And when I looked at her, immediately that same feeling from when I got shot at came back. And I'm like, yeah, this is a danger. I, I just looked at her and I said, I think I know who you are. I'm not going to say your name because I don't know what to believe in, but I'm not getting in your car. And there's nothing in this world worth getting in that car with you. Amen. And immediately that Amen. that female went from a female tone in that person to like a masculine tone and she looked at me or it looked at me and said i get everyone i'm coming for i'll find your price and pulled off and i'm like wow that was an entity talking right through that woman yeah yeah for sure so pretty much like my whole summer of 2010 was just like event after event just like that and it literally got to a point where i the police started messing with me locking me up 
I can, I, I used to, you know, have drugs on me and get stopped by the police and get searched and they would never find nothing. The moment that I wanted to stop doing everything against, like, the moment that I wanted to stop pretty much doing everything the Bible tells you not to do, like, God kind of gave me this different desire to, like, not want to smoke no more, to not want to fornicate, to not want to sell drugs. So as soon as I put that down, like, literally my entire world crumbled around me, like, everything fell apart. Um, unbeknownst to me at that moment, God already put me like head first in what they call a fiery trial. You know, in mm-hmm. the scripture, it talks about, um, no person, no person in this world that, that has not been through a fiery trial is worthy of my call. So it literally talks about like believers before they really become believers, they have to pass through a fiery trial. Amen. And that was mine. Wow. 2010. Um, I was hearing demons as loud as I can hear you. I was starting to hear voices or what I thought were voices. I could hear them audibly talking to me, like literally audibly. Um, they pretty much asked me when I got, I got ended up getting locked up the same, same, same summer in jail. And that's when I actually heard these demon spirits talking to me and they pretty much said, um, just let us come into you. Tell us that you let us into you and we'll get you out of jail in an hour and we'll kill anyone you want us to kill. That's what they said to me. And it was then that I actually heard the voice of God, not like the audible voice at this point, because I have heard it once. I heard it audibly once. And the and the the still small voice, as they call it, was literally telling me those are demons trying to get into your body. Do not agree to that. They will kill you. They're here to kill you yes. because you you have uh, understanding that most people will never have, and they want you dead. You know too much about that realm. You've been exposed to witchcraft. They want you dead because you know how it operates, even though you don't know how it operates. Yeah. So it's like they on. knew pretty much um, uh, what you are, you know, in in Christ. Like they knew you yeah. were seeking for the truth. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. denied him once with that woman in the car, and then yeah. you grew up around this, you know, since a child. So yeah. they they knew that you're more of like a threat to them than than anything. Yeah, yeah. they wanted wow, they wanted me completely powerful. to the dark side. I just never went. You know what I'm saying? And yep. um, man, the the correctional officers they beat me up. They tried to give me peanut butter instead of water for like four days. Wow. I remember the, the correctional officers choking me out, beating me up with nightsticks. And t- I got tased, mace, pepper sprayed, you name it. Um, I also remember I snapped a pair of handcuffs when I got arrested. One of the correctional officers, about three months later on, right when I was about to get out, because I spent three months in jail in 2010. It's exactly where I got saved at, too, was in jail. Hallelujah. But um, I, I end up confessing Christ as Lord inside of the jail cell. And I just asked God, I'm like, you know what? Just kill me and send me to hell because hell would be better than what I'm feeling right now. Just imagine just the t- mental torment that I was going through with these demons talking to me, then seeing these demonized correctional officers messing with me. It literally felt like I was in a version of hell. And it so wasn't helpful even like being in the cell and not having, you know, <laughs> nah, uh, clear nah, air or be able to walk around freely. Yeah. So it's a lot of pressure, I imagine. Exactly. So pretty much I got to a place where... I asked God to kill me. I confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. I literally said, Jesus, I believe you're God, but please just kill me and just be done with it because this feels like hell. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this no more. And it was then that actually the Lord started actually running me through deliverance prayers inside of the jail cell. So when those demons were talking to me, they said, we'll do anything that you want us to do to prove ourselves to you. And that's when the Holy Spirit actually ministered to me and told me that they had made a pact with their mouth. So now they were bound by their own words. See, demons and spirits, I didn't realize this, but they're bound by their own words as well, the same way that we are. And wow, pretty I much, didn't realize that. 
yeah, the Lord told me that they had made a pact. And because of that, they pretty much, they were bound to their word. So whatever it is that I wanted them to do, they had to do it. Wow. And literally, I said, in Jesus' name, I want you all to go to the pit. And literally, one by one, I could actually hear angels. Hallelujah. I could hear the wings. I could hear the wings fluttering in my spiritual ears. Hallelujah. And I could hear them actually grabbing these spirits and dragging them. You could hear them screaming and them getting thrown off. And as they were getting thrown off, a cliff sounded like they were falling. And it sounded like they were burning while they were falling. It sounded like crackling, like right in my ear. You could hear them wow. screaming, falling into like a dark pit. It was wild. You wow, know what I'm that's so, powerful. Yeah, I'm like imagining, you know, um, like sort of in that scenario and just even yeah. hearing them like falling and, and like, you know, when someone's yeah. burning. Wow, that that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. So would you say having that encounter, that moment in jail is what pretty much just changed your life? And, and from yeah, that day like on, I, you started serving uh, Jesus? I got out, you know, obviously, because you're, you, you're kind of in a state of ignorance still when you first get saved. So I was still kind of cussing. Um, I would still pick up cigarettes and smoke them, not to the extent that I was before. But what I, one thing that I did notice that even I still continue to kind of sin and keep, because I was in still ignorance of the scripture. You know, you get to a place where you get to a accountability. Mm-hmm. But before that, you're kind of a babe. You're what they call a carnal Christian. So for a while, I was really in that carnal state. And because I didn't have like an overseer or nobody that, that, that poured into me, poured the word of God into me, I kind of learned everything on my own. I was kind of homegrown, if you will. Yeah. So I started my walk with Christ, still cussing. But then at night, I'll be reading the Bible, praying, like repenting. And, you know, six months in, I still had demons coming out of me. I was exposed to so many of them. Even six months after I got saved and confessed Christ, I still had demon spirits leaving me, like literally screaming in the middle of the night. And I remember God gave me such a powerful deliverance that one day I actually woke up and my mind was so clear. I almost asked my parents to take me to the mental hospital because I didn't have all these different voices pulling me in a wow. 5,000 different directions. Like for the first time in my life, wow, I didn't have some pulling me to females or going to look for drugs yep. or, or trying to find alcohol or, you know, all the things that people in this world look for. Yep. So. When I experienced that, I thought I lost my noodle. And I thought my I thought my brain. I what I think they say. I think your cheese slid off the cracker. Like I think my, I think I'm my like, brain was. I, I think my, my brain, brain just gone. got. There was a switch went off on my brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a switch kind of went off on my brain, and and uh, you know I just experienced deliverance in like such a major major way. And the the weird thing is is that. You know, when we're on a subject of deliverance, yeah, like you said at the beginning, a lot of church people don't want to mention it. With me, that's how my walk started. So yes. I can't not mention it because it's literally how God launched me. It's, it's literally how God saved you, how God glorified himself, how God showed you. Uh, he had, you know, he gave you that encounter. And yeah. he, you know, he doesn't do that with everybody. He, you know, there's no. just some people who will have an experience like that. And God knows, God knows our hearts and he, and he knows how to manifest in, in each and one of us. But uh, yes. that encounter, that was just an encounter um, to get you to believe, to get you to to understand the truth. You know, if you were seeking that even when, when you were younger as a teenager as well. Yeah. Um, and, and you were hungry, you know, you, you did the most important thing, which is cry, crying out to the Lord and having, Hey, show me, you know, you know, show yeah. me who you really are, you know, show me that you're real. You know, I, I want to, I want to know the truth. Well, praise the Lord for that. That, that is a, a powerful encounter. I have heard many encounters before, but nothing like that. That's I think That's my, uh, top of my list. So I'm over here like, wow, that's very Thank powerful. You, 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I was I was so caught up in darkness that it literally took God for to show me how demonic I was and how demonic the atmosphere around me was for him to pull me out of it. You know, some people, the Bible says it, that some people are saved by love and then some other people are literally saved from the mouth of hell, like a harsh type of a message. So for me, that lovey-dovey Christianity, I grew up around it. Like I went to the, you know, New Year's services. I, mm-hmm. I, I had a person in my life, thank you, our name is Sharon. She lives in my dad's building. Amen. She used to try to pour into me and talk about Christ with me, but you know, the type of person I was, I always just looked at her like my friend's religious mom. So I never really took her seriously. I, you know, I respected her. I never cussed around her or nothing like that. I kind of knew the protocol, right? Yep. Yep. But I never really sought for a relationship of my own. I kind of just looked at her like a very zealously, like religious lady that she was very nice, but I never really, it never stuck to me until I had my own encounter. Hallelujah. Yeah, sometimes it takes God himself to reveal himself in order for, for, uh, you know, believers to, to come to Christ. Sometimes yeah. it's, uh, it's a, he'll use someone, you know, family member or a friend. Um, but I, I, oof, I feel the Holy spirit. Praise you, Jesus. I think that this was needed specifically. This was made for you, um, because you wanted the truth. You were seeking for the truth and yeah. God, God is God. God is the creator of heaven and earth and he carries all the glory. So he had a go. I, I say he went all big out, out there in that encounter and, and show you yeah, everything. Yeah, Cause Very I mean, forward. I did, I did, I did mushrooms. So I opened up my third eye doing mushrooms. I I've done mushrooms several times. Uh, so I've had supernatural encounters even without the drugs. I've had them on the drugs. I've, you know, smoked a lot of weed. That mm-hmm. obviously opens you up to stuff, too. Yep. I don't care what none of y'all Christians who ever watch this later say. God is not cool with y'all smoking weed. He's not. It's not cool at all. I don't care if it's medicinal or not. Jesus Christ does not want us to be putting that type of stuff in our body. We're a temple. So Amen. I know Christians who smoke. I've met Christians that smoke, and I tell them respectfully, like, I don't that at all respectfully <laughs> amen amen <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well that was a powerful testimony powerful encounter i know you have a lot a lot of part of your testimony and i know we uh, we will sit here we could be here for five seven hours so amen. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing part of your testimony and now amen. i want you to get a little bit more about what deliverance is that's one of the okay. first questions i want to ask what is deliverance um Deliverance is pretty much God bringing freedom in a part of your life that you don't have control over. Um, you know, oftentimes you see Christians saying that, oh, you know, I don't have a demon. It's impossible. But the truth is that the human the human is made up of more than one part. There's the body, there's the mind, and then there's the soul. And then there's the spirit also. So we're actually more like four parts. And what a lot of Christians don't realize is that if you're if you're not fully surrendered in a part of your life to Christ, you can and very well have a demon operating in your life. Amen. Now, where deliverance gets stigmatized and gets a bad stigma around Christians is that they'll say, well, how can a Christian have a demon and be saved at the same time? Well, the truth is, is that a demon can hide itself in your body. Your body is called the temple, right? So in Amen. the temple, there's more than there's lots of rooms inside of a temple. What happens to a basement when you don't maintain it? It gets dusty. Uh, cockroaches, rodents, and all these other things mold take everything. residence in those mm-hmm. places. Yeah, mold and everything. So why would Christians think that the human body is not the same way when you're not filling yourself with Christ and you're not fully surrendered in every area and you're, you, don't, you don't have control over yourself in certain places? It could be um, 
You know, a lot of Christians talk about, I'm not a drug addict, I'm not addicted, but then they'll have food addiction. You know what I'm saying? Or or they'll they'll have a, a thing where they like to cuss. You know, I've mm-hmm. met Christians that cuss. Like, it's like a literally a regular thing for them. And the Bible talks about how can sweet and bitter waters come from the same fountain. You know what I'm Amen. saying? So yes. when that stuff like that happens, it's, you know, it's literally an indicator that a Christian can't have a demon. Now, there's a difference between de- being demon-possessed and being demon-oppressed. A Christian, a Christian should never be able to get possessed. You see what I'm saying? However, a Christian can definitely be oppressed by a spirit. Oppressed. Not possessed. Oppressed. You know what I mean? Can you expand a little bit more about, about the, uh, the oppression aspect? So, oppression is more or less an outside force pushing its way on you, pretty much. It can be in the form of depression, um... You know, the, the Bible says to, to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of sadness. So it literally tells you about warfare. In it, it talks about putting on a garment of praise for the spirit of sadness. Now, if the Bible says that God is joy and he can give you joy, when you feel sadness, what are you feeling? Is it a clean or unclean spirit? The same thing I'll ask a Christian when God delivers you from an infirmity. Is an infirmity a clean spirit? Hmm. That's right. So when we when we pray for sicknesses to get healed inside of a Christian's body and we're praying against the sickness, are we praying against a cleaner or unclean spirit? Because if God is love, right, and, and God wants us to be healthy and prosperous, then when a Christian experiences sickness, is it always just a sickness? Now, I'm not saying everything is a demon. I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's a demon. You know, yeah. one of those people that thinks everything's a spirit. But I, be- I tend to believe that a lot of things that manifest in the physical form exist in the spiritual place Absolutely. first. Absolutely. That's correct. So, and even the, the scriptures say that, that everything that manifests in the spiritual realm will eventually yeah. also manifest in the physical realm. Yeah. And those two realms are connected. And that is something that a lot of Christians, um, I shouldn't say they don't have, they have a hard time understanding, but they have a hard time just putting it together. But I always say that the spirit realm, that is a realm that's active 24-7. There's no break. That's ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Amen. Even while we sleep. Yep, that's yep. right. And even when you're sleeping, that's uh, usually when you are, you know, proud more to like a spiritual attack or um, yep. have them visit you, you know, have them uh, try to give you nightmares. Um, yep. You know, I don't want to go into too much details because there's, you know, there's just another point of discussion. But there's some spirits that visit you, like sexual spirits. You know, I know you've probably heard of them. They make you. I've met brothers before, not going to name any names, but they've literally confessed to me like, hey, I was attacked in my sleep last night. And I, you know, the stuff that comes out of a male Mm -hmm. when he's involved in certain stuff happened to them while they were sleeping. Yep. So it's it's something serious, you know. It's not uh it's not something that you know is part of a REM, you know. I feel like science will say, oh, you know, dreams and nightmares are just something natural that comes, you know, comes by. Yeah. Um, in one sense, you know, they're correct because the brain obviously is an organ; it's part of our body. Um, it however, is, it's something when more. You got, when you got wet dream, when you got what's called as a wet dream. A wet dream, yes. 40. A 40 or a 50 year old multiple times a year that's not normal anymore wet yes. dreams are normal in in sexual development in a male that's like 14 to 18 yep. not puberty early stages correct yes exactly at that exactly. point that there's something more else going on where it's more yeah, spiritually yeah. For, for um sure. you could be either you know it could be someone struggling with a sexual sin you know either fornication Amen. or pornography Amen. Um, yep. also, you know, any other, some sort of perversion spirits. So that will always linger around 
And it's Amen. uh it's important. It's important that the church understands that it's important as well. I want to emphasize that if someone approaches you, you know, in, in love and they, they want understanding that we, you know, we have to tell them the truth in love. And I'm like, well, you know, we're going to have to start asking some uncomfortable questions, but it is, it is for your own good because we want to help you. We want to make sure that, Amen. you know, you understand it's a spirit realm out there. Um, it's not to guilt or shame anyone, but, you know, as the body of Christ, the Bible says that we must pray for one another and look out for one another. Yeah. So and it says to confess your sins to one another, too. Amen. So. Trans transgressions, all of that. Correct, brother. Amen. That's right. Amen. Well, that's uh, great. Thank you for answering the, those first questions. And the next question is, what deliverance isn't? So, what deliverance isn't? And I always tell people, Deliverance is not a hot pocket that you just stick in a microwave and bam, you're done after three minutes. Now, there are what's known as creative miracles when God can do a miracle extremely quickly in a person's life. That does happen, but not all the time. More often, what I've noticed is God kind of gives you deliverance almost like in a format of like breadcrumbs, if you will. Like, you know, when the mm -hmm. Bible says to ask for your daily bread, well, yes. bread is like deliverance, right? And, um, there's a book that covers a lot of this. His name is, uh, it's called um, Secrets of Deliverance by Alexander Pagani. Oh, I amen. urge anybody that wants to learn about this stuff to get his books. They're very scripturally sound. He cites a lot of scripture in there to put Christians' mind at ease about spirits and all that. Um, what deliverance is not, is not a hot pocket. No, it's not an instant once-all, cure-all. Um, often you can actually cast a demon out of a person, but you cannot counsel bad thinking. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. for example, you can cast a demon of addiction out of somebody. Mm -hmm. And then two minutes later, they're like, well, I'm getting a thought to go smoke a cigarette. So I'm going to smoke a cigarette. I'm like, well, that's a spirit talking mm -hmm. to you. You got you got deliverance. If you think they're going to stop talking to you, like, no, you have to learn how to watch yourself with the word of God. So Amen. once deliverance happens, what I often have to tell people, it is your job to maintain it. I Amen. am not the person... I can, I can cast demons out of you until I'm red in the face. But if you do not want to maintain your deliverance, they're going to come back. That's right. In the scripture, it's very clear in that. The scripture is very yeah. clear that we must maintain our temple. You know, the Holy Spirit abides yep. in our temple. So we have to maintain it clean um, and, you know, and not open, not be open to any of, of things in the spiritual realm. And Amen. also, um, it's a process, like um, like you know, you're saying, Mike. Yeah. It's a process because it's like a Amen. it's a sanctification process. You know, you get delivered. Um, they're gonna be lingering around. You know, they're gonna be waiting for a point uh, where you're weak, or you're gonna be tempted, or you're gonna listen yeah. to that thought. And then once you go in there, you get entrapped. You know, and I I gone through that as well. You know, I've been serving the Lord for seven years, and I didn't get you know full deliverance i will say maybe about a year and a half in um it was an encounter that i'll never forget i remember driving home after work and my husband and my mother-in-law were um in their home and god told me he's like when you get when you get when you when you park and you go upstairs i'm gonna deliver you and i'm like all right lord you know i'll listen to you so I went and I opened the door and I remember just opening the door. I started crying because I felt the, the presence of the Lord right there. Once I opened the door in the living room, I fell on my knees. I fell flat face on the carpet of the living room. And there I started screaming. I started vomiting. I had, you know, 
I had like spit coming out of my mouth. I had my husband praying on me. I had my, my mother-in-law as well. They were rebuking and I could see the spirits. I had about five of them jump out of me. I could literally see them and it's sort of, you know, uh, a little similar to that encounter that you had, but I could see angels like sort of fighting them off, like, you know, like pushing them out. Um, but let me tell you that, that one right there, um, was, was uh, a turning point for, for my walk in Christ. And, um, and, and like I said, it was a year and a half in, I didn't know much about, um, deliverance, you know, it it wasn't until I would say maybe a year ago that I understood the depths and how important it is, um, that a a believer is, it's delivered, you know, um, whatever it is, once they, once they accept Christ or when they get baptized, you know, when they start getting discipled, but deliverance is definitely important in a, in a believer's life. It's part of, of being a Christian, a lifestyle. No, no, it is. It is. It's a lifestyle. And the thing is, is God really wants to deliver Christians. Now, a lot of people ask me, you know, what's the basis for Christians having a demon? Or they try to ridicule me, right? Well, you know, Christians, demons. Yeah, that sounds a little weird. I'm like, all right. So if we can't cast uh, uh, spirits out of an unbeliever and then we can't cast spirits out of a Christian, then who do we cast spirits out of? You know what I'm saying? Yes. They'll be like, oh, no, don't don't lay hands on them. They're yep. contaminated. But then they'll say Christians can't have demons. So who can I, as a Christian, cast demons out of? If it was part of what Christ did, Amen. one of Christ's biggest ministries was absolutely. deliverance. That's absolutely. So if, according to this person that's ridiculing me, I shouldn't lay hands on an unbeliever because they're dirty and contaminated, but then I can't cast demons out of a Christian because they're a Christian, then who can I cast demons out of? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. You know, There's uh, so many scriptures that talk about Jesus delivering people, you know, yeah. we could sit down and talk about it. And we'll be here for hours, but it's there for a reason. It's not there yeah. just to read and, you know, and pass by it. No, it's there for a reason. It's, it's there to teach us that, um, you know, even in the Bible, scripture says that we'll be doing greater things in, in, in his name, you know, greater things, Amen. miracles that maybe he didn't get to do here on earth, but we'll be able Amen. to do it because the same spirit that was with Jesus is the same spirit that we carry as believers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a stigma, brother. It's not something that many want to talk about. I call it a, a touchy subject, you know, Amen. um, and it, it, must, it must be talked about we're in the end times, you know, or we're living in perilous times, um, lawlessness, violence, and all of these things, you know, it's increasing. It's, it says it in the word in the last days, you know, nations will rise against nations, you know, rumors of wars. A lot of things are happening worldwide. And it's important that we understand that there's a, you know, a spiritual warfare out there and that uh, and these entities and these principalities are, are always roaming around and, and, and wait and waiting, you know, to to um, taunt someone, to to torment someone, um, and, and and we have to be watchful. We just, you know, we have to be watching our backs at all times. Especially here in the U.S., you know, um, just because, like this whole Roe versus Wade thing, man. When they when they when they nullified that that thing on a federal level, these folks lost their mind. Yes, I've seen like these people. They've become more violent. They're trying to firebomb pro-life centers. Yep. Um, Destroying them fires. Yeah. 
man, oh man, you can tell that that spirit is mad because that was one of the biggest curses that's over America as a whole. Absolutely. The sin of abortion. Yes. And it's and also it's, you know, a spirit of murder, you know, if you really um, think about that, you know, it's, it's well, no, something it, rooted. It, it is. And usually the demographics that that commit a lot of the majority of like statistically um, abortions in those neighborhoods usually has the highest crime rates of murder as well and injustice in general, any kind of injustice, whether it's police or local, racial, however, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every form of injustice. And the thing that people don't realize is that when you commit an abortion, it actually places a curse on you. The That's Bible right. says that God hates hands that shed innocent blood. Amen. So to hear some Christians that walk in pro-choice like things and vote for people that are pro what they call pro-choice i call yes. it pro-murder i just you know yeah. call it spade a spade it's pro-murder is what it is um you're not terminating a pregnancy because you're the, the baby's not an employee so you can't terminate that baby he's not a worker so you're killing a kid they'd like That's to play right. around they like to play around with language absolutely because killing and murder just sounds so mean yeah so what they do is they like say, to justify it or cancel the pregnancy. Like, yeah. They're yeah, like, oh, they, they if it's early on. Nice absolutely. Words. Yeah. I heard so yeah. many things, brother. You know, as a woman, you know, it, it's very hard to hear. Um, I seen interviews yeah. with um, pro choice. Um, I seen Christians preaching at these rallies and um, their logic. It's it's honestly heartbreaking. You know, I'm, well, I'm trying to hold back tears it's, because it's, they're oof, they're very blinded. You know, they're, it's, it's, they're spiritually it's, blinded. It's, uh, it's a combination effort because the problem is that there are people out there who call themselves shepherds that are false and they have big, big platforms. Like most recently it was, um, uh, what was his name? Um, Jamal Bryant from the Southern Baptist down South in Atlanta, literally on the day of celebrating women talked about pro choice. Yes. Like, this dude, like, I wouldn't even call this dude a pastor. And you see the people in the comments, that's my pastor. Not nah, ain't your pastor. I, I saw that clip, and he was sort of doing, like, um, pushing for a woman's right. Um, you know, he yeah. was what I, well, honestly, what kind of, uh, you know, made me sort of have a moment there, a shocking moment, I want to call it. It's seeing him up in yeah. the pupil, seeing him up there, you know, talking about this and, and being streamed upon thousands of people online and even his yeah. congregation. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I understand woman's right. You know, I, I, it's, you know, another touchy subject as well, because biblically, you know, we have to woman, you know, once you get married, you have to be submissive to your husband. And yeah. I firmly believe there's no equality, you know, man has a role and woman has a role, but that's another subject for another time, you know? Well, there, there, <laughs> the thing is that people don't realize that the Bible doesn't favor sexism. He just talks about women and men having their own independent roles. Amen. That's but in it. the grand scheme of things, God God looks at women and men the same way. But it doesn't mean that their role and their task with the same things. Absolutely. Yep. A man is created to protect. A man is created to protect, to provide, to, to watch over his family with prayer. And a woman is meant to nurture. Motherhood yes. comes natural to most women. That's why... Most women, you don't got to teach them how to hold a baby. They just know how to do it. Amen. It just happens there. right when it's the baby call. is born. Absolutely. It yeah. just, it, yeah, that's the way to describe it. It just it, comes naturally. Absolutely. It comes naturally. God God put that in the, in a woman, Amen. not in a man. Like, 
as a man, you can learn how to love your child, but not a mother's love. Absolutely. You, cannot, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I and even by nature, a child, you know, it first will go to a mother, you know, and then, yeah, you know, the dad, sure. um, obviously, because yeah. the mother had a bond. They had a connection. You know, it's nine months. It's a not deeper, something. A, deep, a deeper, way deeper bond. Absolutely. Yeah, way deeper. And I, you know, deeper. having the umbilical cord connected to the mom, you know, and the everything. baby is feeding and drinking Breast, and all of that through there, that, plus the breastfeeding. Yeah. So it's Amen. more of a, and more of a physical thing, but it's more of a spiritual thing. If, if you know, if we think about that as well, Amen. you know, God could have done, God could have uh, given the man the right to birth, but it wasn't that way. It was strictly for that, a woman. That would, so. look, that would just look ugly anyway. Just that will be, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It will be like walking around Visava world, but. Um, <laughs> well, praise the Lord. We have uh, some, some great questions here. Uh, let's see. Your next question is, what is the difference between a fallen angel and a demon? That is something else that, uh, a, a lot of people don't have a very deep understanding. I have some, so, a little bit, but not much. So it's actually a great question. And I actually hear Christians often making the mistake of saying fallen angels or demons are the same thing, but actually in the Bible, they're not. Um, in the book of Genesis, it talks about the fallen ones, the ones that fell with Lucifer. But that was his, that that was his heavenly name. You know, yes. now he's called the devil, but in heaven his name was Lucifer. That was his heaven's name. So when he got kicked out, a third of the angels they fell with him because they rebelled against God. The sin that got them actually kicked out is actually in the book of Genesis, and it actually says that they found women attractive, and they found especially the woman's hair. It attracted them to them. And what these fallen angels actually did to cement their fate, they actually had sex with human women and they created an offspring called the Nephilim. So the Nephilim were pretty much a hybrid of fallen angels and humans intermingling with each other. It's one thing that God did not want happen. That's why he did not cross certain, uh, certain breeds of animals and things like that to keep things separate for a reason. Not to say one's better than the other. Yeah. But he created an order, and what the fallen ones did was they broke that order. And their first, their first business of order, so to speak, was to have sex with human women. They created a, a offspring called the Nephilim. Uh, in the Bible, it talks about them being giants. I forget how many cubits. It says like someone like fifteen cubits tall. I think a cubit's supposed to be like three feet per cubit or something like that. So wow. like fifteen cubit. These things were like forty feet, like bananas tall, like giraffe eating bushes tall you know yeah what I mean? yeah like, like t-rex playing, almost playing, sort of size like playing, <laughs> playing playing tag with the squirrels and the bees tall yeah. that type of tall you know what I mean? yeah. so pretty much in the bible in the book of genesis it talks about this and then what happened was when when the flood came when noah built the ark when god washed the planet the first time the spirits that were actually left behind from the nephilim because god considered them to be an abomination so he needed to wipe the earth because these beings were eating up all the animals and they actually started attacking humans because they ran out of food. So they started wow. looking at people as a food source. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about just like crazy, crazy wickedness, right? Crazy abomination so in the was, land. Yeah. Yeah. So when God, God killed them in the flood, the spirits that actually left what's known as the Nephilim, those are actually the demons that we have on this earth today. Um, angels are still angels. Fallen angels are still fallen angels. When God wiped the earth, he didn't kill the fallen angels because the, the, the fallen angels don't walk on earth just like you and I do physically. 
they're a spiritual beings. So they don't need water. Even if you flooded the earth, it doesn't mean nothing. They can survive without it or with yep. it. They don't need it. They don't need food, water, and, and sleep like we do. So pretty much, you know, the fallen angels used to be angels in heaven with God. When they fell, they became fallen angels, meaning they're 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 still angels. They still have all of the anointings of this is another thing that Christians have to realize that when Satan got kicked out of heaven, he didn't lose his powers. He still has them even right. right now. When it calls him an anointed cherubim, he is still anointed, but he's using that anointing for wickedness to go against God's kingdom. And the angels that fell with him um, actually are doing the same exact things. Now, some of them were obviously assigned to different things like uh, Lucifer or the person named the devil. He was in charge of music. Actually, in the book of Ezekiel, it says that what his power was, it said tablets and pipes were embedded in you on the day of your creation. It says that, and I think Ezekiel um, chapter 28 verse 13 through like 17 it talks about um the devil actually having stones embedded in him to make him look beautiful and magnificent and then he actually has instruments embedded in his side so he was like playing music pretty much through his body yeah yeah he was a he was a minister of music because music the frequency of music in the bible actually even brings deliverance remember there was a, um, a prophet that would play, I think it was a harp, to a king, and then demons would leave him when he played the musical instrument. So music can actually be used to minister to a person and administer healing and or deliverance, whatever you want to call it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, fallen angels and demons are two different things. Fallen angels are still fallen angels, and demons are simply the offspring or the giants of the, or what's known as the Nephilim in the Bible. They're still here. They didn't go anywhere. The bodies are dead from the Nephilim, but the spirits from the Nephilim are here. Wow. And those will be called demons. And that's what we have roaming around until, you know. Amen. The, until the day of judgment. The day of yep. judgment until uh, Jesus' second coming. Go ahead, Jose. I think you might want to add something or you have a question. No, I just wanted to just kind of add. Uh, uh, you were saying uh, about playing the harp. And yeah. the demons believe. Uh, I believe that was uh, David. Yeah, I think you might yeah, be right. David with, uh, I believe it might have been uh, King Saul. King Saul. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Imagine yep. that. Just, you know, you're yep. just there praying for the Lord, uh, praying music for the Lord, you know, and you're just in that moment and, and you have And I mean, it someone... makes sense because sometimes just me listening to certain types of worship music, man, sometimes you just feel the Holy Spirit. Amen. Touch. You yes. You feel it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? feel like it take you... over, and then you know you have a moment with God. Sometimes you you might cry. Like to me, some music, you know, when I when I have a, a connection or just a worship song that, that God is using at the moment. Yeah. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I, you know, I I completely go quiet and I just start worshiping the Lord. I start putting my hands up. I start praising Amen. the Lord. And um, yeah, I think it's you know music. It's a it's a tool that the enemy uses absolutely. He Especially he he's been doing this since wow. I will say you know pretty for much millennia. since the beginning. He's yeah, <laughs> millennium. Yeah. You know, we hear so many uh, celebrities, even in the 20s and 30s, talking about, oh, I, I and I went down the, the highway and I had an encounter with the devil. And next thing yeah. you know, I think it might have been, um, I was reading Bob about Dylan. this. Bob yep. Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. And there's yep. also uh, another jazz player. I can't remember. Uh, there jazz was, singer. Uh, yeah, there was old school jazz players yes. that literally talk about the devil yep. went down in Georgia. Yes. And they're literally telling you in a song how they met him at yep. a crossroads. Yeah. 
And then out of nowhere, they had like this power to like start playing the bass or the guitar. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, she met a mysterious man outside of a nightclub for years and years. She tried to break into music by herself and it wasn't working. And she literally met a uh, like some mysterious figure, mm-hmm. like a producer or something. Yep. Yeah, like a producer, and she never really saw him again. But he literally told her that she was going to be successful. And she was like, "How badly do you? I'll do anything." Literally wow. told the devil, "I'll do anything." And, then, and look boom, at her. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. she was like an overnight name. You know what I'm saying? She's, yeah, she's uh, you know a big celebrity artist right now, oh, still to huge. this day. Yeah, she's huge. She's still big. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, we can't uh, underestimate the power of music. You know, we, we could use it. You know, we use it to glorify God, to praise God, to praise him. And then also, you know, the secular world, the world, the world we live in, this physical world also uses this for even rituals or, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, just ca- casting spells. You know, I Jay-Z, mean, this is a very Jay-Z. deep conversation. <laughs> How about Jay-Z when he says The Rock and he goes like this, yes. The Rock? Yep. Eyeball Pyramid. The Rock. Giving Come tribute on, to his God, which is the God of this right. world. Because... I think one of his songs, one of his songs, the instrumental, literally says, Lucifer, son of the morning, I'm going to take you on a ride. I like, remember hearing listen. a song like that when I was in the world. Um, I used to listen to a lot of rap. You know, now I listen to Christian rap. But uh, yeah, yes. I remember there's a song called, I think... Uh, is it 44 or something like that? 444 or 333? Yep. Something like that. I can't remember, but it's like it's like the witching hour, you know? Yeah. But yep. it's another topic, more deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's powerful. And even in this generation, even uh, in, in this world, our youth, our youth is heavily influenced with music. And believe it or not, those who are going to be tuning in and listening, you know, you got to be watchful for your children because the devil is being in disguise through the the, the music industry. You sing even that rapper Little Nast, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have heard the headlines where he made these Satan shoes and he actually put blood in them and the, you know, like the bottom part of the shoes, he put like actual human blood on there. You know, it's, uh, I remember I was reading, um, you know, I don't want to go too deep in this, but this is spiritual and, and we're talking about spiritual warfare and all these things. And a lot of, uh, celebrities talk about having, you know, high priests, you know, witches pray on their albums yeah. and, and, yeah. and they cast spells. And once you put in your favorite song, you know, you put in that Cardi B song and you think, you know, you're, you're chilling and driving or whatever, you're actually infecting, you're actually welcoming spirits into your soul yeah. and, you know, you're yeah. willingly doing it because you know you you think it's a cool beat you know it has a yeah. it has a, a good rhythm but in reality you're just you know welcoming in and it's and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking it's i expect that behavior from the world because you know the world is going to be the world but one thing that really hurts me is when you get into a christian's car and they turn on their car and that is the default radio station you look at them like and I, oh yeah, that that just happened to be there. You're like, nah, it was literally the default radio yeah, station yeah. on your car. Like you listen, you, <laughs> you listen. You can't to lie it. about like, that. Stop being, <laughs> yeah, stop being fake. Like, you yeah. listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Why are you listening to this? Like, this is contaminating you. Yes. You know? And it's sad. You know, I've also met Christians before. I'll give you an example of definitely Christians having a demon. A Christian invited me over to his house. And his wife, you know, they didn't have much money, so she just made us hot dogs. Mm-hmm. She brought them out. And I was just appreciative of the fact that his wife even made any. She didn't have to, but she did. I just looked at her, and I said, thank you. And he kind of, like, shoot her away. And I'm looking at him like, yo, why are you talking to your wife like that? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not my business, but that's supposed to be, you know, 
you're ripped. Like, why would you talk to her like that? Oh, well, you know, I'm just kind of bored with her. And, you know, I'm trying to be faithful, but I watch porn. I haven't cheated on her, but I'm watching porn. I'm like, yeah, you already cheated on her by watching porn. Like, no, no, I was clear on that. If you look at a moment with lust, you already committed adultery in your heart. I'm, I'm going to heaven. That's what the Bible says. I'm like, no, the Bible says fornicators and adulterers are not making it to the kingdom. Heaven. The femurs, absolutely. Yep. You can't judge. You can't judge me. I'm like, you judge yourself. You confessed it. You think it's cool. Mm-hmm. You think it's fine to do. So after that, you can imagine I never saw him again. Yeah. So. He he was you know uh, confronted, convicted, and you know hopefully yeah, he, he did the right him. thing of you know repenting and, and and putting an end to that and and you know start looking at his wife for what she truly is. You know a blessing Amen. from the Lord. You Amen. know for a reason we came out of the man's rib. You know. You know, well, if God really it, wanted, he would have created a woman first, but he didn't, well, <laughs> you the know? Bible so. says it, the Bible says it, that when a man finds a wife, he obtains favor from the Lord. So, yes. like, literally, in my own life, like, do I argue with my wife? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody argues. Of course, but yeah. My riches are, I you look, know, if, hard. If I look overall, like, my living conditions, like, how I feel as a person, um, the blessings that God, many different blessings God has given me in my life. It ain't even comparable to before I had a wife to where I'm at today to say I'm better off being single. That's crazy. Like now nah, all the benefits kicked in for me when I got married. Yes. So. Amen. Amen. Going through our questions here. We have the next question is why is deliverance needed in a believer's life? I know you might have spoken to this a little bit earlier, um, I mean, but give a, give a little bit more of a depth um, explanation. It gives, you, it gives you freedom. With deliverance comes freedom. Um, deliverance can come in many different formats. Deliverance is not always just demons leaving you screaming. Deliverance can be God changing your thought processes on things. Deliverance can be God changing the way that you perceive someone that normally pisses you off or annoys you. When God gives you wisdom and, and insight, to what's going on with a person, you no longer look at them as an annoyance rather than the person that God that might have put them in your life so you can minister to them. And what the devil's doing is he knows that they piss you off. So rather than allow them to get deliverance, he's going to make them piss you off so you never actually minister to that person. And um, deliverance is such a a broad thing. It's not just a cookie-cutter thing. It's not a one-step process for everybody. Deliverance prayers, for me personally, when I pray for people, it's usually never the same for the same two people. Like, I don't pray the same way for everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God will show me insight with one person and he doesn't show me with somebody else. Other That's times right. God has put, there's been people who want deliverance from me and God will put me in their midst. And literally the Lord will have me ask them if they're really ready to put down what it is that they're doing. They'll literally tell me they're not. So I tell them I'm not going to waste my time. And I'm not going to waste your time either because I can actually do more harm than good to you by casting demons out. And you're not actually ready to live a life set apart for him. Absolutely. And that's uh, the key part right there. It's having the one. You know, you have to confess. Yes, you know, Jesus, I want deliverance. Yeah. Yes, Lord, I want you to come in and, and free me from this torment I've been having for years. You know, we could, we could, Christians, you know, we have the authority. Jesus did it, you know. We have the authority to cast out devils, cast out demons. But it's up to the person. It's up to the to the. You know, it's up to them to make the decision if they really want it or not. So that's something that I feel like in the church today, um, you know, we we see a lot of deliverance happening and then we see people coming back and, you know, they haven't fully delivered or they could come back feeling worse. But it's because they, they truly didn't have to want, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, I've seen people, you know, 
I will say emotionally, like they got in their emotions and they're like, oh yeah, I want this, but they don't really know, you know, you're, you, you really have to have the one you want to have the one to be free. Um, that Christians, uh, backstab me after I cast demons out of them, they turn around and badmouth me to other Christians. Like I won't hear about it saying like, oh, I did it the wrong way. So what I'll do is I'll confront the person, not in like a street thug type of a way, but I'll yeah. ask the person, I'm like, hey, um, so-and-so told me that you were saying some stuff about me. Do you have an issue with something I do or did I offend you anyway? Oh, oh, I don't think you cast out demons the right way. I don't think it's necessary for you to identify the spirits to cast them out. I'm like, well, Jesus names spirits all the time. So it's I don't very know important to, to identify the spirits because how do you yeah. know what you're casting out? You have to call them by yeah, their they name. Have names. They Absolutely. have names. Just like imagine you, imagine you go into a house with cockroaches, right? They all got their own names, and you just yell, "Hey, cockroach, get out!" And they're like, "Which one?" Yeah, you see, like all fifty thousand <laughs> of them with little antennas. Yeah, like, which one is he talking little, to? <laughs> yeah, they're sitting there doing a la cucaracha or whatever it is that they're doing, and cucaracha you're dance. like, "Yeah, they're looking at you like, which one?" There's a bunch of us in here having a party. Like, yep. We can have to be more specific, you know? When, Absolutely. When you give a person a when you give a person an eviction notice, it's a good analogy, right? I feel like the Lord just put this on on, on like a download. When you serve a person in, uh, an eviction notice, can you give them a blank piece of paper? Or does it have to have their name on it? To catch oh, it has to have their it? name on it. I mean, that's a full uh, drawn yeah. letter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to notify the person who's there that they have to leave. They have to be served, and the name has to be on that paper. So, amen. You know, it's one of those things where God has shown me that even if you can deliver a person, it's not going to give a person. You can't deliver a person of bad character. And that's something that actually Alexander Pagani put it when he said that it stuck with me. It's like, you know, you can cast the demons out of a person, but if they have poor character, they need to change their mind with the word of God. Like, Amen. You can't cast out. You can't cast out bad wow. character. out of a person. That's powerful. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm like, you're feeling the Holy yeah. Spirit and I'm getting a revelation on that. Yeah. yeah if a person, you know, um, you know, doesn't have, I will say like a good heart or is, you yeah. know, it's not loving it's a yeah. miserable person, you know, they yeah. have, uh, they have unforgiveness in their hearts, you know, their hearts are in stone and the Bible talks about that, you know, having a heart yeah. of stone. It's hard. It's hard for, for the Lord to glorify, you know, himself and, and work with that person. Um, and, and it is a process. Absolutely. You know, we're supposed to be, you know, staying in communion with the Lord, you know, staying in a relationship and reading the word and, and, you know, and seeking him. And that's part that I feel like that goes hand in hand, you know, with deliverance as well. Um, also fasting, you know, and, and having a, a more a structural prayer life, a prayer life also helps a person stay, you know, it free, does. gets you stronger. You know, when the Bible says we have to, you know, um, submit their flesh and that's part of the, the hardest part, you know, in this world, our flesh by nature, we want the things yeah. of the world. We want the pleasures of the world, but we got to remind ourselves, you know, and this is something that I tell myself, you know, almost every day is, you know, you're not of this world anymore. You know, you're living, you're just passing by, but now you're a new creation in Jesus Christ when you were born again and you have yeah. a different mentality. You have a different mission. You have a different view from what the people in the world, the circular people are, are you know, Amen. are viewing. So, it's important, you know, that, that that goes hand in hand. And if you don't, if you don't feed, if you don't add to the relationship with the Lord and you don't submit your flesh and it's, it's going to be hard, you're going to be in sort of like a slippery slope, you know, and it's, I, it's, I could testify on that because I was like that when I first started serving yeah. the Lord, you know, it wasn't like I said recently, two, two years in that I, I got more closer and I have, I have a better understanding and more in depth, you know, it's, yeah. this is, you know, 
this is life or death, pretty much, you know, heaven or hell. That's what it comes down to. Well, you're going to be, you know, what a lot of Christians have to understand, and this is where grace has to come into a degree, is that when a person gets saved, you cannot expect them after one deliverance session to be a holy roller like you are. Like, people have to get that out of their head. Like, yes, the person just got saved. Yes, they got baptized. Yes, they've had deliverance. But it's an ongoing process. You can't expect people to stop talking hood when they've been talking hood for Absolutely. 20 or 30 years. You can't expect them to stop the yo, yo, yo when they've been yo, yo, yo in for 20 or 30 or 40 years. Like, Christians have to stop doing that. Another thing that I wish would really stop is when Christians try to generalize what worship is and what worship isn't. Like, meaning they try to classify certain genres of music as not holy or other things as holy. Like, that's a dangerous place to be at where you're the central authority as to what a person listens to. And because you don't listen to it, they're somehow less sanctified than you are. That's a yes. slippery slope. Absolutely. Also. And that, you know, it's a little bit religious if you think about it, you know, because you're sort of, uh, oh, well, you can't listen to that music, you know, that's upbeat. You have to listen to like, you know, more of this, you know, soft uh, rock or, you know, like gospel, it's you know what I mean? It's it's a different bait. Like, even when you evangelize, you don't preach the same way every time you preach. Absolutely. So if we don't preach the same time, if we don't preach the same way every time we preach, why would the same bait, why would the same bait work for different fish? Mm -hmm. In the ocean, there's different kinds of fish. Absolutely. Like, for example, when you, go, when you go freshwater fishing, you have to use a certain type of bait and a certain type of line. You cannot use that type of bait and that type of line in the ocean because it will, A, snap, or the fish are not going to find it attractive and they won't bite the line, period. So why people try to kind of put God in the box and say that he can't work, he can do it in this genre, but not the other one. I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely has to be like a religious spirit. That's kind of like, yes. neck, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and also, you know, we're one body, you know, it's like, like the human body, for example, right? We, we have different organs and they all come together. They all come together as a function. And that's what the body of Christ is. You know, you might preach differently right. than I do, but souls, you know, souls get, get saved and I preach a certain way and I'm able to reach certain souls. And, and, and all that matters is, you know, that uh, we're getting out there and that, and that we're, you know, preaching the truth. But God uses all of us in different ways. And, 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 and the most important and beautiful thing is that he gets glorified. That's what's most important. He, he could use us in different ways, you know, whatever it's preaching or a podcast or you're, you know, he gave you the gift, you're singing, you know, you're writing music and all of that. And it's all to, to glorify him, you know? And I personally, you know, the stigma is Christian rap or rap music. You know, it's, it's, I hear a lot about it, especially, you know, me being Hispanic um, yes. you know, I have a, a lot of, yeah, I will say, you know, religious, a lot of religious churches around me where I live. Um, and that's frowned upon, you know, um, it shouldn't be that way. You know, if, if God, if God is using that young person to write music and, and souls are getting saved and, and souls are turning away from their sins, then praise the Lord, you know, it's working. And, and I seen, I seen a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, artists, you know, Christian, you know, ministries who are rappers and I see the hand of God and I see revival. I seen services, you know, and you shouldn't be quick to judge. Yes, absolutely. How will you know then by the fruits? Amen. Brother. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ministry that I know a lot of people tend to ridicule is, um, KMF, like Brian Trejo. And oh all those yes. Guys Brian Trejo. Yep. Yeah. 
He needs to yeah, come up like, to I, Boston. If you ever watch this, come across this podcast, Brian. Yeah, We're calling you I to Boston and New Jersey. You're always in the South or uh, the West Coast. <laughs> I think he's allergic to <laughs> But, um, you know, like his ministry, I followed it for a very long time. And personally, I can actually testify that his music has helped me get through certain times in my life where I didn't know if I was going to stick with Christianity or not. Mm -hmm. Or I was at a place where me and my wife were just arguing so much the devil almost had me convinced to just quit. And I would, wow. I'd pop on that King. I'd pop on that kingdom music. And then listening to his messages gave me hope to just not quit and stay in there and stay fighting. Amen. And, and, and I forget, I think it was one song that he talked about. He said, love is not something you feel. Love is something that you do. And when I, when wow. I took those words to heart, it really is true because oftentimes Christians, we get caught up in our feelings like, Oh, I don't feel love. But the truth is, is that sometimes you don't feel lovable you know what i'm saying yes. but you yep. still have to try to you still have to try to put out love even though you don't feel like it we don't do things by how we feel right so mm -hmm. but in listening to that song it kind of really gave me a, a revelation as to how the devil manipulates our emotions to where we just we just don't feel like it or we just don't feel love or we don't feel like giving love yes not understanding that that person that you're with is flawed just like you are and you know the truth is like marriage in itself is like you got to really make a practice of forgiving one another. I think that's one of the biggest gifts of marriage. It really shows you constantly have to forgive and move on all Amen. the time. Absolutely, because you know you can't go to you can't go to bed without if you had an argument, you're supposed to forgive each other before you go to bed. Well, and also, hear prayers. Yeah. yeah, God will hear y'all prayers. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. also you know um, it's not great. It's not great to stay mad at someone for a long time. You know, it's it's bad for your heart. It's bad for your spirit. You know, and then just think you about it. That person might not be there tomorrow. Every night that you go to sleep, absolutely, you do not you do not want to get to a place where you have so much bitterness towards a person that you hold it, and then God forbid, God takes them off this planet, and next thing you know, the person that you wedded or somebody that you love, like someone in your family that you had a disagreement with is dead and now you never got a chance to make it right that absolutely yeah absolutely that can now a person can die and you're in a good relationship but i would much rather have a person if they do pass away that i'm in a good place with them like absolutely meaning, that we, we were able to make yeah. terms and and move past whatever the situation was you yeah. know their articulation exactly. or whatever amen exactly yeah Yeah, um, in, in the Christian uh, rap, there's an uh, artist called Rubinsky RBK. He's from the Dominican Republic. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, I relate a lot to his music. He's more of, his lyrics are more of like what Christian struggles, you know, what our struggles are. And um, it, it, the lyrics are, are so impacting me. You know, I feel like if I, if I, sometimes I feel like if it's myself that I wrote that song because I could relate so much. And, and, and it, it just, you know, lifts up my spirits. It keeps me going, you know. Um, in the persecution, I mean, he, he raps about a, a lot of truthful stuff. Not that, you know, yeah. so many are, are willing to talk about, um, but yeah. praise the Lord, praise the Lord for those ministries. Um, you know, they're, they're standing in the truth. Don't, it doesn't matter what, what the world says or, you know, what some religious folks might say, but, Amen. um, they're doing, you know, they're, they're saving souls. Souls are coming to Christ and that's all that matters. Amen. And the next question is, uh, why is deliverance so important in the church, church of today Man. specifically? The thing is that if Christians don't start getting deliverance themselves, first of all, you can't deliver other people unless you yourself have been a, 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 a person who's received deliverance. Mm -hmm. 
how can you know how can you personally know what a demon leaving a person looks like unless you yourself have had deliverance amen you see what i mean yes. and the problem is that you have people out there teaching deliverance that have never had deliverance themselves mm -hmm. so how do you actually know authentically when a spirit is and isn't leaving a person because manifestations are different for everybody yes you know and and it's another thing i want to add is that the word spirit in the bible if you actually look at the translation it just translates to breath so like literally every person that's breathing has a spirit from god there inside of them that's what people don't realize it's not they're not breathing the devil's air they're breathing the same air that god made for you that they oh, have you know what i'm saying yes. so Every human being is made in the image of God, and it's not God's will for nobody to perish. So we got to stop looking at other people like they're unclean. Yeah, they might be spiritually unclean, but they have a spirit from God. They Amen. have life in their they body. They were created. God, God gave them life. Absolutely. If the, if the devil woke them up the next day, he'd rather kill them. Yep, you know that's right. So. Wow, that's that's um uh, a beautiful revelation. Um, explaining that. Yeah, we you know Christians tend to. You know, sometimes, you know, we're quick to judge. Oh, look at this person. You know, they're they're all dirty and they're, or, you know, I don't want them going into church like that. Or they might be drunk or they might be high, you know, on Fentolin or something. You know, I'm talking about my the community that's around me. We have a lot of drug addicts in, in the Holyoke area here. Um, and who am I to reject them to go into the church if they want to listen to a sermon? You know, God's going to change them. God's going to work on them. And who knows, maybe that's that's the day that they're gonna be set free, they're gonna be delivered. And um, but right. I honestly, brother, I, I see stuff still happening around me and it's heartbreaking, you know, just because of their attire, because they're wearing Jordans or they're wearing a hat, you know. There we have a sixteen or fifteen year old and they're wearing Jordans and you wanna deny them entry to the house of God when yeah. uh, what where you know we know this what who was Jesus always, you know, walking around and, and uh and preaching to? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's why, you know, another thing is that why deliverance is so important for believers is because the Bible actually says that the kingdom of God has come upon you. The finger of God has come upon you when you actually start casting demons out. So when Christians try to ridicule me for casting demons out, I tell them, according to the Bible, the kingdom of God ain't even come upon you yet. Yep. So go ahead and keep ridiculing me. I can you go ahead and make me stigmatize, make me look like a weirdo. For believing in what I believe in, but the Bible literally says that the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you when you start casting demons out. So when Christians make fun of you, you can look at them and say, well, I guess the kingdom of God ain't come upon you yet. Yeah. They really that want is, to get uh, about something. Yeah, that is, uh, I would say, um, that's like a, a level up, I should say, you know, in, 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 yeah. in the spare realm where, where God shows you things. And it's not for many to understand. You know, I, I truly believe that God picks and chooses who he gives certain gifts to because, you know, God knows our hearts. He knows what we're capable of, of doing and in, 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 um, our obedience as well. So, you know, not everyone's going to have that gift. There's going to be select people. Uh, but it's also a gift that comes with heartbreak, with backstabbing. You experience yeah, that yeah, with people murmuring you, you know, talking behind you with people saying, you know, you're crazy or, you know, that's that's not that's not it. Um, you know, uh, surprisingly, uh, a lot of churches still today don't really believe in deliverance. You know, Another they don't they don't have an altar call. You know, they have oh, if, you know, sometimes they don't even uh, ask if, you know, if someone wants to give their life to, to Jesus today. 
or if someone wants prayer, you know, I, I think it's it's very important to to still keep the 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 altar call and, and all sorts of service. I mean, that's the most Another important thing part. I see too, Another thing I see too is this. I've seen churches that will go preach the word of God, but don't do deliverance. And honestly, if you go out and minister on the streets and you do not know how to cast a demon out, you're literally fighting the devil with both hands tied behind mm -hmm. your back. Every person that preaches the gospel that is in the active commission of evangelism needs to at least learn the basics, the ABCs on how to cast demons out. Because if you Amen. don't, you are literally going into war without any weapon on. Absolutely. That is stupid. Yes. And I see it. I've seen ministries where they'll be preaching the word of God and I can literally see a spirit right in their face. And I'm like, why aren't you rebuking the mm -hmm. devil to get away from you? Mm -hmm. You're sitting there trying to have an intellectual conversation with something that wants to steal, kill and destroy. Like, why would you do that for like? Yeah. And if, if you have, you know, a discernment, you're able to see when the spirit is, starts manifesting or when the person, yep. you know, because they change physically, you know, their their, um, their face change. They start having movements. They yep. start sometimes even growling, you know, believe it or not. I have had people growl at me. It might sound a little crazy, you know. They were like, yeah. uh, you know, um, just very upset, very angry at you because what, they're, what you're preaching is, you know, convicting them. That's also what it comes down to. Um, but it's, it's like a soldier, you know, it's like, you know, when, when you sign up for the, uh, the army or the Navy, you know, you have to go to training and that's the same as the body of yeah, Christ, you, you know, camp. you have to go to boot camp. You have to, you know, be experienced in, in these certain types of situation, because once you yes. get thrown out there, you're gonna, you know, you, you're not going to be very effective and, or you might get hurt, you know, and if, and if a Christian yeah. is not, you know. Um, truly in a, in a fully relationship with the Lord and, and connected to the Holy Spirit and, and receiving, yes. you know, um, God speaking to them, getting instructions from the Lord, it's it's going to be dangerous. It's, it's not going to be, you know, very um, effective evangelism or, or yes. effective in their ministry, you know, in general. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's very important, you know, as the body of Christ needs to get deliverance. They need to be training. They need to, this needs to be talked more in the church. Um, a lot of people, you know, they get scared, you know, I, I get it. You know, I have seen many people around me get delivered. It could be, you know, at first, you know, I'm used to it now, but at first I used to be afraid because, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing somebody, you know, on the floor rolling or, yes. or moving around like a snake. You know, I saw that in a church, um, one of the, the first church, um, I went to, um, yes. Yeah, it's just, you know, it could be overwhelming, but it's it, it just proves that right there just proves that we are in the spiritual warfare, that there is, there is uh, a God and, and there is, you know, a wicked one that runs in the world and it's Amen. a battle every day for your life. Amen. And um, next question is, explain to us the spiritual warfare that's going on and how it affects us daily. So, spiritual warfare can manifest in many different ways. Um, all of us go through warfare differently. Uh, for me personally, speaking from my own experience, usually the enemy tries to mess with my outlook on stuff, like my attitude, my heart towards everything around me. So what he'll try to do is sometimes early in the day before my day even gets going, he'll try to use somebody like to cut me off on purpose. Mm. And then the next person cuts me off too. And I'm like, Yo, what is going on with these folks? Are they out of their mind? And then literally, I'm not understanding that my own words yep. is literally just going to keep bringing forth what I just said. So 
one way that the devil tries to wage war on Christians a lot, actually, believe it or not, is he'll manipulate your environment to try to get you to curse yourself. Yes. Talk more about that. Absolutely. That's important. So one, one example is, say, for example, you're on the streets and you're ministering. And then a police officer rolls by. Instead of you just continue on to preach, you say, oh, that cop's going to mess with me. Watch. You literally just curse yourself. You. Not the devil. You. You're going to, now you attract that police officer to you. And now he's not going to look at you in a good light anymore. The Bible says that I'm here to give you favor with all men. He said, I will prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. I've had police officers that don't like me. But they can't do nothing to me because the favor of God is on my life because wow. I know that and because I confess that. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Um, another way that the devil tries to get Christians, another form of warfare, I call it stinking thinking, bad thoughts. A lot of Christians think, oh, I got mental problems. No, that's the devil talking to you. You got to cast, the Bible says to cast down everything that exalts itself, what? Against the word of God. Amen. The Bible says to meditate on good things. So, Obviously, talking about it and doing it is two different things. It's a daily walk. It's not a, it's not a one-day warfare. Every day we get waged war Absolutely. one way or another. But with me, I've noticed that the enemy will try to ruin my day through creating circumstances at my job, to try mm -hmm. to get my outlook on my day to look bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I always, what I try to do is I try to program my mind to revert, to think about the things that are good and holy in my life, my wife, my son, Amen. all the blessings that God has given my life, all the favor that God has put on my life. I try to meditate on those things. That's what the Bible says, meditate on things that are good, pure and holy, because if the Bible says, if you keep your mind on me, I will give you peace. So if you got something in your life that's trying to take the peace of God away from you, well, that's the devil attacking you. That's actually spiritual Amen. warfare. God is God is loving and God is peace and he will never put anything negative in their minds because God loves yeah. us. So we yeah. have to uh, understand that it's not God. Even thoughts were like, God doesn't love me. You know, I have heard uh, many Christians talking about that and they struggle with that. It's, uh, you know, um, feeling I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough for God. God doesn't love me. What's the point? God will never put thoughts like that in, in, in your mind. That's strictly I mean, honestly, that's... That is something for me I struggle with personally. I can I can attest to that. I can confess it because in my own personal life, I love my dad. We kind of semi get along now. But when I was younger, I really didn't have a father figure in my life. So for me, I know God is the judge. I know that God is love according to what his word says. But I often struggle with feeling God's love because... I've never really had the father's love, so to speak, through a human father. So I don't know oh, what to I feel. Yep. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. So, so, yeah. so for me, like, one thing I always pray for, and like last night I started doing it, I said, God, you know, God, I know you as a judge. God, I know you as a deliverer. I know that you're a strong tower, but I want to know you more as a father. You know what I'm saying? So I know how it feels to be your son, because how can I reflect Christ to my own son? If I myself don't know the father's love, you mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So that's one thing that, and I think that's something to be vulnerable as you start to get deeper into God. When you get vulnerable with God and start to pray different prayers like that, I think it works a lot better than to pull some generic prayer from the internet. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
Because you have more of like an intimacy, you know, you're building towards our relationship with God. And that's right. how it is, you know, getting to know God, getting to know our creator is taking yeah. time, getting to know him. It's like, you know, when you started meeting your wife, you know, you guys were dating and all of that. And me and my husband as well, even yeah. with any relationships we have, family or friends, you know, you get to know someone, you share interests, you know, you talk to them about pretty much, you know, anything you confess to them, you trust them. And, and that's the, the same way that Christians should, should, should confess in the lord and and he's the best one he he you know we have to go to him through everything and i mean everything every every thought that you know every negative thought that you're getting you know give it to him you know every um any anxiety or anything that rises up you know you just give it to him you know you have to trust him and he's always there listening for us you know he's yeah he's everywhere he's not you know he's not giving us uh, giving the back to us you know yeah, so another way of uh, format of warfare is when you got something trying to steal your joy from you. Um, all of a sudden, you go from feeling peaceful to anxious. You start to get flooded with all these thoughts. Those are all different forms of warfare. And one thing that I try to do is that if you start going through that, plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Amen. And, plead, and, and then plead the blood of Jesus against every voice that exalts itself against the word of God. Because the blood of Christ is actually a weapon. Yes. You know, we're not just saved by Christ's blood. The Christ, Christ's blood is actually like a nuclear bomb to demons. They Hallelujah. Hate they hate his blood. It's not just a sword of the spirit. There's many weapons in the Bible. Mm-hmm. The, the, the blood of Christ is a weapon. Weaponize it. Use it as a weapon against the devil. The Bible says that we overcome the devil by what? By our testimony and what? By the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's how we overcome the enemy. By the word of our testimony and the blood of Jesus. So the blood of Jesus is actually a weapon. It's not just something you smudge on your head or on your doorpost. The blood of Jesus is actually a weapon that can and should be used against the enemy. Amen. And it's, so, uh, it's alive, it's continuous, you know, it's not, yeah, uh, it's if we it's think living, about yeah. it, it's living, it's, it's been there since, you know, he was here and in all generations yeah. and all generations to come. It's very powerful, um, you know, that revelation. And his blood is something that Christians exclusively have the rights and access to because we're saved by his blood. We can actually, we're authorized to use it. He authorizes to use it. We're ambassadors for Christ. Christ literally in the spirit realm deputizes and gave us authorization to use his blood. He actually tells us to use his blood. Amen. And next question we have, uh, why is staying delivered so important to a born again Christian? Man, it's... It's, it's extremely important because pretty much your call can get thrown off if you don't stay delivered. Because sometimes God wants to pour things into you during a certain season. And if you, you drop the ball, you go back into habitual sin. It's not like you can't get back, but you got to start it like square one. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people don't understand that God is merciful in terms of, yeah, he'll forgive you if you confess your sins. But do you really want to sacrifice three years of being sanctified for one night of fun is it worth it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. is it worth it now i'm not saying that every time you slip i'm not saying that every time you slip and fall into any kind of a sin that the demons are going to come right back i don't think that's how god is but i do believe that every temple individually because we are all temples some of them are fortified differently like meaning 
your windows on your temple might be stronger than my doors. Yeah. My doors might be stronger than yours. So the enemy knows that. So he goes after our weaknesses. He knows that you have strong windows and I have weak doors. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So he, he exploits the places where he thinks you're vulnerable at. He goes after your weaknesses. Think about it. Satan never attacks you when you're at your strongest point. When you feel good physically, when you feel good mentally, the devil ain't coming for you then. The devil's going to come for you when you get sick. Mm-hmm. Or he'll be like, when oh, you're well, most vulnerable. Yep. Yeah, you're more vulnerable. And then he can start trying to lie to you. Well, yeah, if Mr. Christian, if God protected you with his blood, then why did you get this sickness? Mm-hmm. But the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say Amen. that that weapon won't won't cut you. It won't bruise you. It won't do anything to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It just says that it will not work. Meaning a person can fire a handgun at me. It will not finish the job. It's not saying that something can't hit me. Mm-hmm. So saying you, you might not saying? get hurt by it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It just means that it's not going to ultimately prosper and fully taking me out. What the devil intends to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. If you yes. can't do it. And that's you know? something, you know, a lot of Christians, you know, we know that scripture, but do we really know it? You know, do we really know what we're fighting against with every day? Um, do we have a deep understanding of, of the spiritual warfare that has been taking place since the, the since the, pretty much since he fell into earth um, and, and since the beginning? And that's something that Christians today have to understand and, and should dig a little deeper. You know, you have to know your enemy. You know, you have to, you know, prepare and, and um, you know, and stay put and, and make sure you have your armor on at all times because he's always, he's, he's lurking around, you know, he's like a lion prowling around looking for well, his next prey. You know, another thing that gets stigmatized a lot is when you start talking about demons, people will be like, brother, aren't you giving the devil more glory by talking about I have it? heard that a lot, yes. <laughs> that ain't true. That's just not true because the devil doesn't want to be found out. The devil doesn't want to be discussed. He loves Christians who are ignorant of his existence. He loves it. And the greatest lie that that he you know he's ever told is making people think that he, that he doesn't exist. You know that yeah, he don't want something. you to know that he's out there. Absolutely, he don't want you to know. He you know he. I feel like every even when like you know we were talking about celebrities and all these stuff earlier, even with stuff like that, he's in plain sight. You know he's not hiding anymore. Yeah, you know a lot of people in this world they don't have their their veil lifted and they're and they're still you know and under the manipulation and under the. The views of and this world, and they can't see past through that. And, you know, I could name you like five artists off the top of my head that I have seen stuff, you know, obviously in social media that people share. And it's just like, wow, that's, I think was most recent was Kendra Lamarck, I think it was. He, oh, yeah, I had was like the blasphemy. Yeah. yeah, that right there, I was just like, wow. You know, if, if, if y'all think out of all religions, come on, Christians, out of all religions, the most one, you know, we get mocked. Christianity, Christ. Or, or Savior gets a mock. Even his name, you know, has is, is been used as a curse word, you know? Yep. You go watch a movie. You want to watch a movie with your family. And next thing you know, they, you know, they blaspheme his name like 50 times, you know? Yes. So that should, that should get us to think. And even the unbelievers, you know, those who don't know Christ who might be tuning in while I'm listening to this episode. You guys got to know that Jesus is the truth. There's no any other religion. There's no any other entity. There's no any other God. There's no any other higher power. You know, yeah. there's just, it's, it's through Jesus Christ and, and, and the father, you know, who created the heavens and earth. And, um, as, as a Christian, when I, when I first started walking, I used to be like, wow, why is it that Christ gets so mocked so much? But yet, you know, Buddhism and Islam and all of this, you don't really hear much about, you know, it's just, uh, it's always it's been, same power. yeah, the same power, same power source. 
same power source. Yep. Christ is the only model in terms of a religious figure or a character in this world that did what he did. He literally had the power to forgive sin. Like when I talk to Muslims, I like actually I like talking to Muslims because they're respectful. Mm -hmm. They'll say, you know, we believe in uh, um, Jesus as a prophet, you know, peace be unto his name, blah, 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 blah. So I asked them, I'm like, I'm sorry, but, you know, we don't believe the same because did Muhammad ever heal the sick? Did Muhammad ever raise the dead? Now, I'm not trying to disrespect your prophet. That's what you believe in. And mm -hmm. I respect it. You guys have morals. You guys have morals and integrity. I'd rather sit next to you than the heathen. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell him just like that. But Jesus literally had the ability to forgive sin. Who can forgive sin in the Bible but God or in the Quran? Like no one, no, no man can just forgive sin. I'm like, right. So Jesus was not just a prophet. He was God. And that's why he's so controversial. You even have Christians actually having a controversy that Jesus is not God. I'm like, what Bible yeah. are you reading? Yeah, that's something I've been seeing a lot um, that floating Jesus around the last the couple weeks. Jesus is the son. How can he be the father? The Bible literally says me and the father are one. Mm -hmm. If you've seen me, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the you've father. Seen the Have father. I not been with you this whole time? Like, literally, he's given them hints the whole time. Like, yes. One of the charges of Jesus' crucifixion, they said, we charge you with blasphemy because you forgave sin. Who can forgive sin but God? Therefore, mm -hmm. you have made yourself equal to God. He literally says that right in the scripture. That's like, right. Why the Pharisees killed him? Because he forgave sin. Yes. They called him blasphemies. So, but hey, that's another subject for another day. Yeah, that's right? another uh, deeper subject. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. it's true. I've been seeing that a lot um, going around in the last couple yeah. of weeks, specifically that. Bananas. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And can you share with us in your experience of deliverance, can you share with us an, our example or, you know, an experience of how a deliverance session might look like or, or what might take place? So, honestly, nine times out of ten, at least for me personally, when I cast demons out of a person, the person starts to yawn a lot. Their eyes start to water, maybe coughing. Um... I've had one sister, I'm not going to name any names, but she had demons coming out the back end. She had to go use the restroom for like a half hour straight. Wow. And she was very embarrassed. And I told her, don't be embarrassed. I'll be outside in my car. When you're done doing what you're doing, just come get me and we'll continue. Mm -hmm. So the demons with this particular sister were coming out that end on the number two side. Yep. Um, sometimes I've had growling. You know what I'm saying? Not often, but I've had growling. I've had people turn into snake-like. They start to hiss at me. Um, I've had vocal cords change, uh, casting demons out. You can often see them in the eyes of the person. The body, the Bible says that the yes. eyes are the light of the whole body. So if the eyes are full of light, then how much light does the whole body have? And likewise for darkness. So oftentimes when I start doing deliverance, when I'm looking at a person, I can already see that that person is no longer consciously there. It is something else looking at you mm -hmm. because you'll see that the eyes will go from like a normal human eye. So all of a sudden, the eyes just look really intense and very dark, just looking yeah. at you. And you're like, man, that that is not a person looking at me. No yeah, more. even like their pupils, like they get some sort of, like I've seen people get enlarged or, uh, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, like, you know, I, like almost the pupils almost want to just go all black, the iris yes. or whatever. Yes, goes all that's black. correct. Yeah. Eye colors change. Um, but typically, the most common one for me is yawning, a ton of yawning, a lot of burping. Um eyes watering 
all of a sudden a person goes from feeling full of energy to being sleepy all of a sudden and tries to quit the deliverance. And you got to convince them that those are spirits that don't want to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make you feel sleepy to no, stop they this. They start attacking physically, you know, start attacking your body to. You yeah, know. they start attacking yeah. your body. It's the same way like when you first become a Christian and it's like you can't open the Bible for longer than a half hour without mm-hmm. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes now, I'm sure as a Christian, like with me personally, if I get really wrapped up in my day, when I try to give God his time at the end of it, I struggle sometimes even mm-hmm. years after being a Christian to just keep the word open without falling asleep. I got to wake up and push through it, get up and, you know, drink some water or whatever, or get up and, you know, go use the restroom and smack myself in the face of water and come back because some days I just don't feel it, you know, yep. and it's, yep. it's one we of those all, things. We all, we all have turned that way. Definitely. I have experienced yeah. that too. You just get caught up with, with your daily routine, you know, everything that yeah. you got to do and, and then you get tired, and it's you know. Oh, yeah. I think that's my son. He's uh looking out for his nap. <laughs> Man, he sound like Tarzan back these yeah. swinging <laughs> off the chandelier. <laughs> um, I think that was the last of our questions. Yep, that was the last question. Praise the Lord. And then I have um, I usually like I started doing this new where I want to do like I called it like the unbelievers co- corner where I ask you like two questions and this is a yeah. a different segment where I will upload if an unbeliever comes across the video. So okay. the question is just two more questions. Um, okay. What is the gospel? You know, and Mike V. Mike V. Explaining to an unbeliever what the gospel is. Man, the the gospel is pretty much. God giving you freedom, real true freedom in your life. You know what I'm saying? The gospel to me is God giving you peace that you can't even understand. The gospel is just overall just God giving you a sense of well-being that you never had. You know what I'm saying? Um, The gospel to me is my life. You know, the gospel is the way, the truth, and the life. If you stay to the gospel, if you stick to the gospel, the Bible says, I promise to give you life and life more abundantly. I can honestly say that the gospel to me is an abundant life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Life, Amen. life and life abundantly. Um, man, it's the gospel to me is just so many different things, man. The gospel to me is not just to save me from hell, but to save me from myself. You know what I'm saying? To just, because oftentimes we can be the worst critics of ourselves, you know, and, and when you look at yourself through the lens of the gospel, you start to look at yourself the way that God sees you and not how you look at yourself. Cause oftentimes me personally, I'm the harshest judge of myself and I get so down on myself sometimes where I make a mistake or, you know, I slip up in my conduct or my character. Sometimes I see a flaw and, you know, you just want to shrivel up and run and go to a substance or, you know, do something that yes. you normally used to do when you messed up. Yep. And then you realize like, wait, God doesn't look at me like a mess up. You know what I'm saying? That's it's, right. it's, um, the gospel to me is just having hope. And that's something that this world needs that irregardless of how dark this world is, when you have that gospel and you have it in you and you have the Holy spirit, you have hope in such a dark world. You know what I'm saying? When everything else, when everything else is falling apart around you, the gospel to me is like my, my guide and my strength to just keep fighting the good fight. You know what I mean? The gospel to me is, is everything. The gospel allows me to wake up the next day and when I don't got to go to work to pull my pants up and go provide for my family, because that's what the gospel, you know, the gospel mm-hmm. to me is um, just a way of life. You know what I'm saying? It's not just something I, I read and I quote and I sound really cool doing it. I try to live my life in accordance to it. It's life and life more abundantly. 
You know, it's the it's the path of life. That's what the gospel is to you. Literally, the, the walkway to life, the narrow road that the Bible tells us to yes. walk on. That's the gospel to you in a nutshell. Amen. That's great. And the other question is um, something an unbeliever would ask is okay. if God is real, then why is there evil? You know, it's it's one of those things where if I told you that I understand everything in this world, I don't. But one thing that I do realize is that there's almost like a duality, not to sound new age here, mm -hmm. that there's almost a duality that exists in this world. So you obviously you have daylight, but the flip side of that is darkness. And the truth is, is that evil does exist, but not necessarily why people might think it needs to exist. You see, the devil in the Bible often gets wrapped up as, you know, the, the source of evil, and he is, but he's also a tool, meaning that God has used Satan to render judgment against wicked nations. And it's not oftentimes that God does it with great joy when he gives a nation over to the devil. It's actually the opposite. It's with great regret that he allows it to happen. But the truth is, is that there's a difference between God's will and God's permissive will. And that's what people also have to understand. For example, you can freely choose Christ, and you can also freely choose to reject Christ. Amen. God will not force you to do anything that you do not want to do. So, yes, there is evil that exists in this world because everything outside of Christ is evil. And that's why darkness exists in this world is because men have rejected the light of the gospel. And because they have rejected the light of the gospel, they've created gods in their own mind as to what good and evil is. Yes. And that's why the Bible says that good will be called evil and evil will be called good. Everything that this world celebrates is something that God himself condemns as evil yes. and correct. vice versa. And everything that God wow. considers to be good and holy is something that the world says is evil. For example, if I say, if my son was born a boy, then he's going to be a man. Mm-hmm. If my daughter was born a girl, she's a girl. If I say that in the public circle, I am now called a bigot. I'm yes. not called judgmental. But literally, science literally says the same science that people claim to follow literally attests everything that I said. So mm -hmm. really, when they say I'm scientific, no, you're not scientific. You're making stuff up in your own mind and running with it. That's yes. what it is. Yep. Um, it's not God's will for anybody to perish. I cannot tell you why little children die from cancer. I cannot tell you why sometimes bad and evil things happen to good people. But what I can tell you is this, is that those who have Christ, they have eternal life. It doesn't matter how they pass from this earth, whether that's sickness, whether that's dying in their sleep. It doesn't matter how they go. What matters is if your name is found in the book of life. That's Amen. the most important thing. Hallelujah. As far as the existence of evil, as far as the existence of evil, it is always going to be here. It doesn't matter who you elect as a politician, because as long as you look to man for your answers, evil will always exist in this world. If you know Jesus, you would know peace. If you don't know Jesus, there is no peace. And that's why there is no peace in this world, Amen. because this world is in unbelief. And if you're wondering why the evil in this world exists to the level that it does and why the frequency seems to be increasing, it's because the Bible says that these things have to pass before Jesus comes back. It's prophecy. Yes. And he's also allowing these things to happen for an unbeliever, maybe such as whoever might watch this video, to understand that this evil is not just human beings carrying it out. There are spirits behind these people. Yes. 
And God is allowing it to happen in hopes that you run to his light instead of running to the darkness, Amen. running to the media, running to the weed, running to the alcohol, running to the women, to the every outlet that people use to get away from stress. Amen. And that that is to me why evil exists in this world. As far as why diseases hit little innocent, I don't know the answer to everything. But what I do know is that everything has a purpose. Amen. The Bible says that there's a season for peace. There's a season for war. There's a season to mourn. And then there's a season for joy. There's a season for everything. There's yes. a side, there's a season to, to sow. And there's also a season to reap. Yes. And I am not, a, I will never fully comprehend the way God thinks because his ways are higher than our ways, but I just trust in his perfect will. That's it. Amen. Those were some great answer, brothers, to both questions. Thank you, sis. Praise the Lord. Well, that will be a wrap for tonight's episode. We give God all the glory and honor. Amen. Thank all you again, way. brother Mike V, for tuning in and talking about such a, a touchy subject, you know. <laughs> But Amen. God used you, and, and um, I know this is going to bless um, a lot of uh, believers and also unbelievers are going to come across this um, video and episode. So we give God the glory and honor in this hour. And before closing off, I would like to do um, a prayer. Um, this just, you know, um, bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory and honor. Thank you for this evening that you have made for us, Lord, to bring this topic that is so much needed in this hour, God. I ask you that you bless my brother, Lord, Mike V, and you bless his wife and his family, Lord, abundantly, Lord. Thank you for, for putting him in, in, in my side, Lord, for speaking to me, for for literally calling out his name when I was seeking for, um, reach out to other believers to have in this podcast, and I heard you call out the first name. It was his name, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in him for what you keep doing in him lord for his humbleness lord for his love for the soul lord for his firm god for his passion to stand on the truth nothing but the truth lord and that is your word and i ask you lord that you keep blessing him lord thank you lord for this ministry lord thank you lord for for be ready ministry lord that that's how i met my brother lord may you keep blessing this ministry as well lord and right now lord we're gonna stop this broadcast lord but we're not gonna um, move away from your presence, Lord. You're going to be with us in every move, in every way, in every path that we come across, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you watch over us tonight, Lord. I rebuke any attack from the enemy to rise up either tomorrow, this week, God, for this victory that we have done today, Lord, of exposing his life, of exposing his way, his tricks and all that, Lord. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mighty powerfulness, God. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done in our life. Thank you, Lord for everything that you will be keep doing. And thank you, Lord, for this beautiful opportunity to preach about you, to talk about things of your kingdom, to talk about your understanding, to receive the revelation from the Holy Spirit. And I ask, Lord, that this broadcast, this episode, touch many souls, those unbelievers and those in the walk, that if those who are might be struggling, Lord, with any sin or anything, Lord, may may, may they put a stop and they repent and they turn away, Lord. May they pick up their cross and keep walking, Lord, and keep walking towards you. May this be a new beginning for that believer, Lord, who is struggling, who feels stuck, who feels like giving up, who feels like giving up their call, the call that you have put in their life, Lord. I ask you that you watch over them, that they may be touched, Lord, and that you receive every glory and honor, God, and their souls may be safe, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, thank you again for, uh, for 
I've set the invitation, praise the Lord. 